Welcome back, Crack fans. We are live at the Cleveland Racquet Club, home to this year's Cleveland Open. Of course, it's the fifth consecutive year the Cleveland Challenger has been held at the Cleveland Racquet Club. That said, for the first time in this event's history, Alexander Kovacevic, sitting to my left, will be in the finals. Kova, congratulations on the three-set victory today. And for you in general, Stevie J last night, Emilio Gomez tonight. You just on a Trojan killing spree? What's going on with you, obviously, and how are you feeling about your level? Uh, that one takes me, took me a second. Yeah, no, two two Trojans uh, with Brandon Holt in the draw too. That's, yeah. that's a couple more. Uh, yeah, no, feeling good. I mean, I played Stevie in Champagne actually. Mm-hmm. The, my last uh, Challenger quarterfinal was against him, and then I played him in the quarterfinals here. Um, it was a, I thought, much higher level match this time around, and playing Stevie in the first set was. I lost it, and I was like, this is some of the best tennis I've played, and I I mean, I don't know, some of the best tennis I've played against in a while. Um, So I was definitely impressed with the way that I'm competing now. Uh, Did a lot of work in this offseason to to get my level level up, my fitness level up. I messed up my entries a little bit in Australia, and my first match back was Australian Open Qualies, and to be honest, it didn't even feel like tennis out there. I was pretty lost and none of the things I worked on in, in preseason kind of came to light and I'm happy that that's kind of happening here and yeah no it's it's been a good week and playing kind of the level that I was hoping to play and you know the next match is one that I'm actually really excited for because I think again like I don't think I've played a better match in my life uh, a better I don't think I was part of a higher quality match in my life than I, than I was in, in the Indianapolis final uh, when I played Wu. Uh, I think I hit like 30 aces or something and still <laughs> lost. So that tells you something about about his level. Um, and I had, what, six or seven match points. And it's pretty brutal, pr- pretty brutal loss there. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited for revenge, hopefully. Um, so... Yeah, we'll see. No, we will see what <laughs> happens. And I want to talk about that Ebing Wu match in a second. But let me just say, first of all, having known Kova now for nearly half a decade, which is crazy to say out loud, those of you watching this on video, the swag on the other end of the camera has gotten so much better. I still dress exactly the same, but the beautifully coordinated Lotto Elite from head to toe, it's a good look, my friend. I just have to say, you're pulling it off well. And, you know, again, it's it's the outfit, it's the swag worthy of a man of your stature of like because you talk about all the success you had in the summer. The big one's the Seoul 250 semifinal. I know you've been asked about it before. I want to go even before that, though, because it felt like Lexington last year, Indianapolis last year. There was just something at the challenger level that seemed to click for you, maybe in a way that it hadn't earlier on. And let's be clear, 2022 was your first full season on the Pro Tour. So, of course, it was going to take some time to adjust to that level. But again, what do you think over these past six, seven months has been that difference that takes you from an All-American to now inside the ATP Top 150? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that you say, like, about those in Indianapolis, Lexington, um, and then Seoul. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm just kind of growing into 
I mean, just getting used to playing pro tennis. It's it's. When I first got on tour, I was stressing about every single tournament and and how I play in every single match because that's kind of how it is in the college level. It's like, especially at the higher levels of the college, you don't want to lose a single match. Yeah. Uh, I think JJ, when I played him in 2021, he was 22 and 0. When I played him, I was 19 and 1. Yeah. So. Uh, we never wanted to lose a single match. And so going with that kind of mentality into the Pro Tour gets tough because you lose every week unless, obviously, you win the tournament. Yeah, but unless you're Novak. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And and looking at it as more of a long-term thing is and, and developing certain parts of my game and having winning be kind of a consequence of doing the right things. And that's that's kind of what, what, you know, has propelled me to, to do better things in the challengers and, and other tournaments. It's interesting that you talk about Lexington and Indianapolis and then Seoul because um, I had a pretty rough, I mean, those were kind of actually, though in Indianapolis, I mean, the finals there, if I had won that match where I had six match points, I would have got on the main draw wild card for the US Open. Mm -hmm. The only reason I played Lexington was to try to lock up that uh, wild card challenge spot. Um, I actually took a wild card into Lexington because I planned to play in Cabo or, or Washington, D.C. I would have gotten into both, and I was planning to play those um, because I was like, hey, you know, let's see at the ATP level how I do. But just to kind of, you know, make sure I get the wild card for the US <laughs> yeah, Open, sure. I wanted to go play a challenger and, and do well there. And I made the semis there where I was up a set and a break against Shang indoors where I'm feeling great. Um, lost that match, and... and uh, and JJ, my good friend, who, who I, <laughs> I don't want to sound yeah. salty about it because I actually was super um, hyped for him. He made the quarterfinals of the of Washington, D.C. Yeah, City Open that yeah. week, yeah. And Beat that Chapo that week, I yeah, believe, yeah. Yeah, Chapo Rune, who's now top 10. <laughs> yeah. I mean, great wins. Um, he nudged me by like five points or something yeah. for the race. But I wasn't even stressed about that because he was like 105 in the world. I thought yeah. for sure he was going to get into the U.S. Open. Uh, I ended up being number one out, essentially, of the of the U.S. Open main draw. Um, the only reason I went to Korea yeah. was because I just wanted to – it was very tough mentally to get over that. And just I, I went to the U.S. Open qualifying pissed that I was playing qualifying. Yeah, and sure. that was not – that's not something that should be hap like a, a thing. So the only reason I went to Korea was just kind of get my mind in a different place. And mm -hmm. so all, all of that kind of led me to there. And, and I had the best week of my life probably on, on the tennis court there. And, and it's interesting how those kind of things happen. Because like I said, if I, if I had just won a won Indy final or won that match in Lexington I, against Shang, I would have locked up the, the wild card. And, and instead, all these kind of in the moment would seem to be bad things happen kind of didn't go my way circumstances I, I ended up being number one of, out of Cincinnati qualifying mm -hmm. as well um, it just a lot of a lot of things didn't go my way a lot of things still kind of haven't gone my way but hoping that changes in 2023 yeah um, uh, certainly on court it's yeah. starting to turn your way and I will say this and I'm sure you'll take it with a grain of salt but your soul run which was unexpected happened to come during a week where I was calling matches for tennis channel and when I say my street cred was raised because everyone's asking me like what do I need to know about this Kova kid and I was like well let me know do you want to know about his freshman year at five or do you want to hear about his senior year at one because we've got a wide range of places we can turn to but you know you mentioned JJ Wolf and obviously Ben Shelton, another guy who you played far too frequently, I'm sure, throughout the course of 2022 for your liking. You see guys like that. You see, obviously, a gener players a generation older, people like the Cam Norries of the world, the Yannick Hoffmans of the world, Stevie Johnson, still top 100 as well. Co tennis is such a confidence-based sport. 
And you talk about all these things going against you. I'm curious if through all of that, you still see the success of Americans or collegiate athletes who I'm sure you considered your peers and what that does for your confidence, what that does for your belief. Because watching you play these past two days, I see a guy who who knows his weapons are going to carry, can carry him through any match. Yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, um, it was honestly one of the most inspiring things of this year was seeing guys like my buddy, Tommy Paul, my buddy, JJ Wolf, my buddy, Ben Shelton, these guys that, you know, it's not just that I'm playing with them, but I know them at a personal level. It's, it's, you're, it's not alien where it's like, Oh, like, you know, where it's like, Novak, even Novak, I know, but he's an alien to me. I, I'm, try, <laughs> sure. I'm honestly trying to get to know him a little better to, so I can figure out how to do anything he does. <laughs> sure. um, but, yeah, being with those guys and seeing how they're just, you know, just like, you know, you and me, where they're just, mm-hmm. you know, humans that make jokes. And, yeah. and they're, uh, it's nothing alien. And, and it, it, I mean, I saw them do incredible things in Australia. It's inspiring. It's also not, I wouldn't say frustrating, it, but like it shows me that maybe you know um i can do those things one day and and of course a guy like you know cam norris setting the standard a little bit for college tennis as well as kevin anderson was those two guys a little bit are, are were really really pushing the bar where it's like okay you can see college tennis can get the top 10 in the world and win indian wells and win these mm-hmm. big big tournaments that's a big step for college tennis i think that's a big step not just for me so for someone like me to see, but someone that's deciding now whether to go to college or not. Uh, I think for them, seeing seeing Cam Norris, seeing the guys that went through college, you know, and actually did it. Like, there's obviously guys that, I'm sorry, a guy like Jensen. I know Jensen yeah, well. Sure. <laughs> Jensen wasn't a college player. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's did, good. JJ, Nori, these guys were in college for years, and, and mm-hmm. they played a lot of college matches. Like, Seeing seeing them do that and then and then do what they're doing is is definitely inspiring, mm-hmm. um, and it gives you like confidence and hey I can actually go to college for a couple of years, party a little bit, have some fun, <laughs> play some good matches, play some high pressure matches, and then actually make it on the pro tour. No, absolutely. And by the way, I'm sure and I could see it in your eyes when JJ's playing Ben in the quarter or round of 16. I can just imagine you sitting in your room and being like. I've beaten both of you. Like, come on. Now. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm ready for this. And, you know, again, I talk about your confidence because certainly you're playing a guy like Stevie who serve forehand. You know what you're going to get from him, and he brought that last night, no doubt. You know, today against Emilio, you're playing just such a high-caliber athlete. And it's two completely different questions. And yet, the biggest thing, again, when I've watched you play this week, and I like to consider myself a scholar of all things Kova, it's the assertiveness. It's the decisiveness. Not that you've ever lacked that willingness to pull the trigger when it's time, but there seems to be, a, again, a confidence about you when you're doing that this week. And maybe that confidence comes. Here's observation number two. How much movement did you do? How much fitness did you do this offseason? Because watching you move out of your corners right now, it's a different guy from who you were two years ago. Brian's looking at me. I know I know he is because I'm giving a big shout-out to our, our good buddy, Franco Herrero, who's a <laughs> okay. uh, uh, fitness coach of Tommy Paul as well. And you can <laughs> you can see how fit that guy is. Yeah. Um, and my good friend, friend Rybo as well. And uh, I, I kind of started working with him this offseason, and it's quickly kind of given me – I mean, I'm I'm transforming as an athlete, I think, already in in just one off season, which is, you know, all credit to him. I I, I really, 
this off season, I really made sure to to make sure, like, you know, I I take fitness the most seriously I, I ever have, and and make that a priority because that that's one of the you know little things that you can control on the tennis court um, mm-hmm. on, on, in in your life. It's if you can take care of the controllables, then then everything else you know you you can't blame yourself for going out there and losing. Um, the only thing I can blame myself is I'm not, if I'm not fit enough, and that wasn't that hasn't been the case. But yeah, I mean, I, that gives me confidence as well when I'm out there to to be in a third set with Emilio, who's like you know gonna make you work, and you know that before you. It's a top tier athlete. The guys, are you know he's yeah. and you know he's just gonna make you super solid. You know he's gonna make you work, and I just played a battle the night before with with Stevie, so um, that it doesn't just give you confidence that like it doesn't give you the fact that you can be out there, but it also gives you the confidence that you can be out there. There will be set, you know, six, seven, one, one down and, and be like, okay, you know, I'm ready to, to do this for three hours if, if needed. Um, and that's, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Hey, crack fans. Before we get to today's show, I want to let all of you listeners know about the revolutionary work being done by our friends over at Swing Vision. Now, all of us as tennis players are constantly searching for that piece of information that's going to give us that one, two, three percent edge whenever we step onto the court. We want to know, am I hitting my forehand with enough depth? Am I accurately placing my backhands? Am I employing patterns on the court that are putting me in an optimum position to experience success? Thankfully, all of those questions can now be answered via the app produced by our friends at Swing Vision. Folks, it's extraordinarily simple. You're going to download the app. You're going to turn that app on your phone. You're going to put your phone on the back fence, the back curtain of whatever court you're playing on. You're going to hit record. And then using artificial intelligence, Swing Vision is going to break down your performance. If you click on the link that you find in the podcast description here on today's episode, you'll go right to the Swing Vision website. And of course, friends who use our Crack Rackets promo code CRACK20 are going to get an additional $20 discount and a free 14-day pro trial on the Swing Vision app. Again, you use that promo code Crack 20, $20 discount, as well as a free 14-day pro trial. How do you find the link? To get signed up, just go back to your podcast feed. It's in the podcast description of this episode. You go to the Swing Vision website, you set up your account, you download the app, you get rocking and rolling, get all the information, one location with our friends at Swing Vision. No, I mean, case in point, there's a tweet going around Twitter right now, and I tagged Kova in it so you can see the clip. Final game of the match, there's a short angle backhand cross-court pass, or maybe it wasn't the final game, I think it was the final game, that there's like six people in the world who can pull that off, and you are one of them, and again, I I, I see this. (laughs) I don't know if I can do that again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're right. I don't know if you could do it again either, but um, no, I mean, again, 2021, you're not getting to that ball, and that to me was the biggest difference I've seen, and you know, again, for you now, up to new career high, number 139 in the live rankings, what is next for you? You talked about focusing on the fitness uh, over the course of the offseason. As you look at your game, what are the things you are in the immediate future, you know, focusing on so that you can sustain this level we've seen? Transition game, volleys. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's... Is that simple? Main focus is that. Okay. Uh, I think my... my I'm Why, to, out of curiosity? Just, I, I think... Uh, with some of the things I do, I want to get a little cleaner moving up to the to the volleys. I want to get I just get my volleys, but I don't really I haven't really practiced volleys that much. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty easy to put away certain certain volleys, but when it gets, you know, a guy like Stevie where he's when I, I'm trying to sneak in on him, he's hitting me a low slice. I need to figure out how to 
-hmm. you know, move in better. It's not just the volley. It's, it's a combination of figuring out how to get in and, and using my tools to to help me with that. I, I, I don't really, I mean, I, I wish I could give you some more to work on. I, <laughs> I think my, my base level is getting higher, which is kind of what I'm trying to um, focus on is I think when I'm playing my best tennis, I can beat a lot of people, but, but mm -hmm. you can only play your best tennis 10% of your matches. Maybe that's, that's generous actually. Mm -hmm. And so I want to be able to win on, you know, not my best days. And, and that's kind of starting to, to happen, which is, how is the recipe to, I think to I think to get the top 100 in the world yeah that's fascinating to hear and I want to unpack that and then I promise I'm gonna let you go soon because I know you've got a final tomorrow but that idea of winning when you're not at your best I'm sure in college no disrespect to some of the players he played but like you're going to Bloomington Indiana in a random April month and like you know I'm off the court three and three if I even have to finish today because my team's going to get through that. And I am just fascinated mentally because we just, you know, watching Breakpoint, the Netflix series, you see just how obsessed all of these players are to reach the top of the game. And then you see on the other side, when something goes awry, like they lose a tough match, it's like, I'm doing all this and I'm not doing anything. Maybe I should retire. Maybe I just don't have that in me. Talk to me about that obsession uh, for you and what, what it takes because, you know, again, I always say you're a guy I'm 100% sure is going to be the best version of himself, whatever that looks like, because I feel like you do have that obsession. I'm curious if you've seen that in yourself as well. Uh, yeah, I mean, this year for sure. And it's sure. a compliment, by the way. I don't I mean, mean that in a, in yeah, a mean yeah, way. Yeah. 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 I mean, definitely, uh, you, like in life, I think with, with all things, you're never going to be truly satisfied. I mean... And I've seen that even firsthand with some guys that have, you know, broken top 50 in the world and they're not even happy. It's like, okay, you know, it, it's normal for me to not be satisfied <laughs> at 150 in the world. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've been around the tour now for, like you said, a year. Um, I, I just see the way the top guys are going about things. Not even the top guys, what, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the middle of the pack is going yeah, about take things. Take a Jensen Brooksby and or a Tennessee yeah, yeah. or any and, of these guys. And everyone works really hard. And, and But I think there's just a standard that you have to have for yourself where um, you just can't, you, there, you can't get away with a lot of things that you used to get away with in college, like you said, kind of what, what you alluded to with, yeah. I know if I go and play, you know, against this guy and I, and I make a certain amount of balls, I'll probably win the match. Mm -hmm. Can't get away with that at this level. Um, and that's, I mean, the biggest thing is like, you got to take this seriously. You got to devote your life to it. I, I, it's interesting because as you know, the way I grew up and the and the way I was in college, I'm, I would call myself a pretty well-rounded person where I do a lot of things off the court. I, I have a lot of friends. I, I, I used to DJ a little bit in college. I played a lot of video games. Like, and I always kind of looked down a, a little bit down on the people that all they did was it looked, seemed like they grew in a lab and all they did was. <laughs> train, ten, get fed tennis balls all day, and that's all I knew. But some of those players have actually proven to be some of the mo most successful tennis players because you just kind of live, live, breathe tennis. And, um, you know, there's there's ways to go about it where that's not the case. And I think there's a balance that needs to be found with, with that if you're not the type of personality that, which I'm not really, to just mm -hmm. always be about tennis. But but when it's time to work, you work. And when there, that also now to me, I, I didn't know that, but it also includes recovery. It includes like the fitness off court. It includes, you know, diet. That's all included in the in the when it's time to work, it's time to work. So mm -hmm. I try to take care of those things, and then outside of that, I still do have fun. I still, you know, mm -hmm. watch 
you know, yeah. TV shows. I'm, I'm still kind of cool, I think. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm going to agree with you yeah. on that. And anyone who can pull off a backwards hat with this sort of casualness, <laughs> and we know he's still cool, folks. But last two questions for you. You talked about recovery. I say this lovingly. You know that. It always comes from a place of love. I was around your Illinois teams. Fitness, recovery were not two things that were often associated with Alexander Kovacevic, right? No. That was something that no. maybe you steered away from. Talk to me about the importance of those little details, but more importantly, if you could go back like three years in time to pre-COVID, you know, you just made the Champagne semifinal or whatever Knoxville it was at the mm -hmm. end of 2019, and tell yourself one piece of advice that you have picked up in your first year as a pro tour. What is something you wish you had been doing earlier that now, you, you know, again, you perhaps have mastered? That's a good question because there's a lot, actually. It's um, a lot. It's a long list. Yeah. I mean, I think, like, when I actually tell this to a lot of people about college tennis. It's And when people ask if it's a good route and stuff, and I, and I think, like, I mean, for me, I would it, I would maybe get two times as much out of it if I knew the things I knew now okay. going back into college because it's very easy to get sucked into, you know, a little bit of a college life. Or you're not – you can be as serious as the most serious guy on your yeah. team who, yeah, compared to a pro is not, maybe not not the most serious. I was blessed with a guy like Vukic on my team that yeah, sure. when you looked at him, you're like, okay, that guy's going pro. And you mm -hmm. can tell it with everything he did. And so some someone like that I learned a lot from in college. But I think recovery probably is the number one thing mm -hmm. because we did pretty tough fitness in yeah, college. Sure. Um, also, I think actually the number one thing would probably be sleep. Okay. In college, it's very, very tough to get good sleep because even on the nights where you don't party and mm -hmm. you're probably up at, a lot of college coaches like to schedule weightlifting at six in the morning for, for some reason. <laughs> sure. um, I was never a morning person. I have trouble falling asleep. If I could do it over again, I would try to get to bed at yeah. earlier, and because it, it makes for a much more productive day if you if you're well rested and go about your day. Yeah, rested. Yeah. A lot of times in college, I'm, I was getting through days, and yeah, sure. And even even on the match days, like you get five hours sleep. It's not optimal. It's not you're, you. It's it, you're off in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, yeah, sleep recovery is probably the number one thing. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, to your point, my parents still like to joke around. I live on the East Coast, East Coast time zone. They say you're an East Coaster who lives in the Pacific time zone, that everything's just three hours later than it should be for yeah. you. And I'm like, yeah, it's whatever. But, you know, with that said, finals tomorrow, second challenger final, obviously a big deal for you. And once again, who's on the other side of the net? It's Yi Bing Wu, who you're going to have to get through. You mentioned it earlier. I don't remember if it was six or seven match points. Do we know six or seven in Indianapolis? It was seven. We had the confirmation. Shout out, <laughs> as always, to the great Alex Vanchilla in the background. Um, senior, not junior, I should point out, because they're both great. Um, but with that said, I watched Yi Bing in person. It's nice. It, yeah, it's a yeah, good game. Talk yeah. to me about the challenge that presents, and you mentioned it earlier, to get a second shot after at him after what happened in Indy. you excited for that challenge? There's a couple players that um, I've played recently. You mentioned some of them, Ben Shelton, Yibing yeah. Wu, where you know, I can tell you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's a pretty game. It's a different level. It's, it's the level that I want to be competing at, and I'm excited to, to play with those guys because I know they, they bring something out of me that, Maybe some of the other guys don't always, um, mm -hmm. and I think, and I mean, it's pretty. It was pretty similar in Indy. Like, I think he, he killed a lot of the guys <laughs> before he played me, and then we had an absolute war of a match. And it was, it was that match in itself, and and some of those matches with those kind of guys make me a better tennis player. I'm always excited for them. I don't if I win or lose, 
whatever we'll see but i'm just excited to to play him and, and battle um mm -hmm. yeah no it's it's gonna be fun i mean again no clear weakness right and so it, it's on you right you yeah. gotta play your best ball last question for you because this is the one i think fans will be fascinated about we are here again cleveland challenger the crowd today was out of this world and the crowd last night was honestly pretty good as well and one thing I noticed, and I have been looking for any player to create a permission structure for fans to do this, but you create a permission structure for your fans to start cheering for you. And you made it a point to engage them throughout the course of this semifinal. And even last night in the quarterfinals, I'm asking on behalf of Illini Nation, I'm asking on behalf of Challenger fans everywhere, where the hell did that come from? And how do we get more of that moving forward? How do you, you know, again, do you wish... That, because I'm sure as a player, that's what you want from the crowd, right? Yeah. Um, you're, it's not always clear if, 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 let's say, if I'm pretty locked in out there, if getting the crowd into it in that moment will actually help me. Okay, sure. Today, honestly, it was pretty clear to me that I did because every time I kind of did get the crowd into it, I played a pretty yeah. good point after. Um but yeah, the atmosphere makes it more fun out there. It doesn't mean necessarily that you'll win, but it makes it more fun to be out there. Sure. Um, and and I and I think I mean, for me, the goal in 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 tennis is to play in play in moments and and matches and that are kind of like that. Um, whether I mean, obviously, the Challenger Tour is a bit of a stepping stone to that. But when I have a crowd like that there, here, it, it can it kind of replicates it. And it's pretty cool to have in a challenger. Um, a lot of the U.S. challengers, I can't say it feels the same. Mm -hmm. And so here, it's almost like it's honestly, I'm in disbelief a little bit mm -hmm. about the amount of fans that came out today. I was like, like you're here to watch a challenger? That's <laughs> you know, that's foreign to us. And it should, mm -hmm. it, and that's, I don't think it should be like that. I sure. think um, you know some of the level of tennis that, that's here this week. I, I think if people really knew, they would they would come out and at least you know mm -hmm. get a get a few more fans you know I, it would be nice um but yeah i've been super impressed and and when i have a crowd like that it's sometimes just fun for me to engage them it's 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 fun it, i don't even know if it helps me but it's just i, don't, I enjoy doing it first so. time at a pro match i've ever seen a double fault and then someone cheer to the opponent and use it I've never seen that in a pro match, and someone he double faulted, and someone yells to you, "Use it!" And I was like, "You can't do that at a yeah, challenger, can you?" Uh, yeah, you're captain. I don't know about that one. That's, tough. <laughs> That's funny, but Amelia's like yeah. honestly a nicest guy, great guy. So I actually felt a little bad doing it sometimes, and but I was like, "Hey, maybe maybe he likes it too. It's like, it's getting the crown involved at a challenger. Like you don't get that very often. Might as well, you know, have some fun." I'd rather have every fan against me than no fans in the arena yeah. at all. And so no, I completely agree with you there. Last question, obviously, vomit zone in the rankings, 139. Now, you're going to get into challengers, of course, but why I call that the vomit zone is it's, <laughs> yeah, are you going to go play 250 qualifying? Yeah. Are you going to go play challengers instead? You know, slam main draws. Yeah. How does that factor into everything? Also, the, the little carrot on the end, clay court season's coming up. You haven't played a ton of clay court tennis in your career. Not saying you've played none, but you haven't played a ton. I'm no, sure no, everyone's... I, I, no. Have you right. played a pro no, clay I, match? I played like on, on official red clay, yeah. I played like two pro matches, I think, ever. Yeah, which, um, by the way, it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I don't necessarily think I'm bad on it. I don't think necessarily think I'm unbelievable. I just haven't played on it, so we'll, yeah. we'll see. I think there's a couple things that I do that could actually be well good transla yeah. well translated to clay, but like I said, I haven't really played on it, so um, 
yeah, I don't know. I mean, the goal is to be honestly main draw of the French Open. That's kind of sure. where I'm trying to get to. Um, that's the immediate goal. And then, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just yeah, it's tough. I mean, like in Australia, my first week there, I in the same week I was number one out of Adelaide qualies yeah. and number one out of the Canberra main draw. I didn't sign up for Canberra qualies, so I literally didn't play a match. And that's that's why I played my first one was Melbourne. So it's. It can be a tough ranking, and I'm trying yeah. and I'm trying to as fast as I can get out of that the vomit situation. Zone, as I yeah. call it, yeah. yeah exactly. I don't want to be in those situations anymore where I, you know, I'm hoping to play one tournament, hoping to play another. I want to be in everything. So, yeah. well, yeah. I'll tell you what, we want to see you in everything as well. And you know, again, having had the opportunity, I was there 2018 NCAA quarterfinals, where at the number five singles position, Alexander Kovacevic is playing. Did you play Godjev for Wake Forest in that match? Who played that five spot for them there? It might have been Godjev, right? The no, big guy? No. no. I, I, it might have been Mansouri. No, because he played three. He wait, was playing wait, was This was Wake Forest NCAA quarterfinals. Oh, Barbotzer. Yeah, that's... Barbotzer. He played Barbotzer, yeah. who's still in college, yeah. by the way. Great yeah. call by you, <laughs> Kova. And I remember that match, because I, I, I went to that NCAA yeah. tournament. It was my first, and you know, again, if you'd have told me then that this guy is going to be number 139 in the world, and you know, again, not just beating Steve Johnson, but being the aggressor in doing so, I would have told you you're crazy. Wouldn't have believed it for a second. And so, again, that's a testament to you, your work ethic, and again, the word of the day, the newfound swag. I didn't know you had that in you, Koba, and it's such a I didn't I should say I didn't know you had it in you. But to see it like so pronounced, it's it's delightful, my man. So congratulations Thank to you. Thank you. I, I decided to wear a good outfit today. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got you got lucky and again. No, I mean when the shorts are too tight at the start of a match, which I'll let Kova explain that story to you. That means you're doing the Just leg too, work. Too many man. times on the dryer yeah. I, I put them on, I was like, okay, these are a little tighter than yesterday. Yeah, a few less squats, a few more yeah. curls for the girls, yeah. my man. But no, as always, Alexander Kovacevic, congratulations. Good luck tomorrow, and thank you for taking the time to chat. Thanks for having me.